This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're back from our winter break. We're back in action, and we're ready for some action, as Brentford are, well, they're ready to go. They're raring to go, from what I can understand, and like I say to you, I mean, I'm Billy Grant, and I've missed my football for, well, it's been a bit over a week, you know, two weeks pretty much. And I'm absolutely potty for it. And like I said, Billy Grant here with my buddy Laney, Davy Lane, in the virtual joint as we're getting ready for the Battle of the Luton Town, who are coming down to New Griffin Park this Wednesday. Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I'm, I'm a bit like yourself, mate. I, um, I, I took the uh, Brentford cancellations quite badly, if I'm honest with you. Uh, obviously, it was it was well, it wasn't inevitable, but. Uh, the amount of uh, clubs that were getting COVID cases, it kind of uh, it seems that there was always a chance that it could happen to us. Um, fortunately, we, we took our tests um, before calling the game off, um, unlike others. And, um, you know, fortunately as well that uh, it seems like the players and their families uh, have come through this. So uh, the important thing is, you know, that uh, we, we, we did what we had to do. We shut the training ground down. Um, we cancelled the fixtures. Um, and then we took the, all the precautions to make sure that everyone's recovered. And fingers crossed, it looks like we go strong um, against Luton on uh, on Wednesday night. So yeah, but having no having no football, having no bees, Bill, it's uh, it's, it's not great, is it? It's not great. I mean, it's it's amazing. One of those things. I mean, we we you know we chatted quite a lot on that break because all of a sudden you find there's a little bit of a, a gulf. There we go. And first of all, I have to say to you, everybody out there, first of all, thanks very much for your support. And also, we apologise for going missing last week. But it is one of those things where FA Cup weekend is interesting because we were on the FA player for FA Cup weekend when we played Borough. Uh, it was a late game. So you all of a sudden, you found yourself during the day finding yourself, what do I do during the day? So the word had gone around that the FA player was free. You can watch any game you wanted to. So I logged on as many bees did on our little WhatsApp ring. I watched the FA player. We all watched the, um, a lot of us watched the Doncaster game in the FA Cup as well, where Ellery Balkum was making, I think it was his debut 
actually and he pulled off this tremendous double save and you could tell how many people watching where everyone went bing what a save what a save what an amazing save that was amazing like you know so that was actually quite good but I found myself for that whole weekend just watching wall-to-wall football which is something that I don't normally do I like to watch the bees and maybe one game or another but I'm not a mad mad keen person of watching football on tv so going to wall to wall it's almost like I embraced the FA Cup that weekend you know as for what it was and there were some great games I mean obviously there's the Leeds game against Crawley when they knocked or Crawley knocked Leeds out of the cup which was it was just brilliant wasn't it Laney? Yeah that was that was an unexpected one um, yeah a proper cup upset and as you say you know uh, you know being in lockdown it being bloody cold out there um, you know it's there's not really much to do and I mean and obviously you know it sounds sad a bit to watch like a whole weekend's worth of football but you know what, what else really is there to do you can watch a whole weekend's worth of films you know I've done pretty much every other chore I needed to do I've even moved house in blooming lockdown so you know it's it's, um, it's one of them weekends where you just had to sit down and, and chill and it was almost like almost like um anesthetic really you just kind of like numbed the dullness of of like a lockdown bees free weekend and the cup upset and then the cup draw obviously on the monday night um it kind of it it was a little bit exciting at least yeah it was and and the thing about the the, the double cup draw because we're actually in the fifth round which is pretty amazing but i mean the thing about it as well is like with um you know talking about the fa cup i mean a lot lot of people moan about the fa cup and we knew that we weren't going to play a a a strong side a first uh you know a a hundred percent first team but the thing is i actually really enjoyed the fa cup that weekend probably more than i've enjoyed it in a in a very long time because normally it's like yeah yeah whatever there were the upsets there's also our game as well which actually was quite a good game again against Borough you know we went toe-to-toe against them and it's almost like because we played the team that we played and they played the team that they played they actually went for it so I thought that was actually sort of quite good so it was quite enjoyable but the funny thing is that obviously the game was off we had two games off the midweek game and then the following Saturday game and that was like a real oh no and then the following weekend we had to try and find something to do again but it actually (laughs) turned up quite good again because there was a I mean, again, I watched wall-to-wall football on that on that Saturday. There was the the, the Borough game versus um, um, Birmingham, which is a bit rubbish in the in the morning. Which you saw that one, you were keeping your fingers crossed that maybe it might be a draw, you know. But in the end, probably Birmingham sort of kind of winning that game probably did us a favour. Then after that, the Leeds game as well. And again, the amount of Brentford games that I watched and fans that are watching the Leeds game, and uh, when Malpay scored that goal, I mean, my phone just lit up. It was just it was a moment, wasn't it, lady? Yeah, yeah, you could uh, you could tell there's beef there, but he had beef with no Leeds fans because there was none there this time. But the, the thing that made me laugh that he would have done exactly the same if there was twenty thousand Leeds fans behind that goal. So, so, so lady, so explain. To, I mean, some people might not. I mean, some people might not have actually seen and know what you're talking about. So, what exactly happened? Well, he scored a penalty up at Ellen Road three years ago, was it? And it was, uh, it, was, it, was um, it was Dean Smith's last match. That's right. So yeah, that's right. And. Uh, he just went in front of the the Leeds fans and with his arms right you know wide like a crucifix and he just got dogs abuse and obviously there's that brilliant photograph online of just these snarling rabid Leeds supporters you know throwing every obscenity that they know at at 
at him and uh, he just looks like he's, he's loving it and uh, he got as I said he got dogs abuse for that which you know you probably quite expect that to, to go like full at the Leeds supporters but I would but I would say and sorry to interrupt you there but Laney but to be fair he was actually getting abuse before that him and also Ollie Watkins because Ollie Watkins went down and he got the penalty and they thought that Ollie Watkins had died so the Leeds fans were giving absolute dogs abuse to Ollie Watkins the referee everybody in and around the penalty at the time so when he went up to take the penalty he was getting more dogs abuse so that's why when he scored he went up to them with his arms outstretched because we were up there remember we went up there for the game as well um, yeah, of course. Uh, it was a, a very early kickoff as well. We were there with the Swedish bees, and uh, so that was why it was was. So it was kind of justified in a, in a way, I think. And then to, for him to be in, for him to do it again, but this time add the like both fingers going round and round his head like absolutely crazy, um, and uh, yeah, he's just laughing to himself. So uh, yeah, he, he, he had a, he had a giggle. I think there's a lot a lot of people in Yorkshire weren't laughing. They weren't laughing as well, and, and and you said that. I mean, he he did that the third time, but he also did the second time at Griffin Park as well when he scored. And of again, he did, you know, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, I've, t- I've told this story a few times. And a lot of people say, yeah, the, you know, that was the, the that didn't happen awards, but this is the honest truth, and it did happen. I think Bahraini B, he was with me there at the at the team hotel. We played Derby. Um, a few weeks before we played Leeds and we played Derby, we, we went to the team hotel just at, because the bar Rainy B was, was staying at the, at the team hotel, at the, at the Novotel. So I went to meet him in the early morning. Um, I think we'd gone out the night before as well, so I'm, <laughs> it was a long night. And then I got up, met in the following morning. We went down there, had a little bit of drink and a catch-up. And then all the players came out and they were chilling out, hanging out in the bar as they do. And uh, and Andy was coming up there, goes, let's, let's get a few photos, let's chat to him. So we started to chat to a few of them, chat to Camo, chat to Canos, and then I started to chat to Neil Malpay. And it was interesting because beforehand, when I used to speak to Malpay, he didn't speak very good English, so it was quite difficult. But this time, he'd obviously started to pick up the English thing, so it was kind of great. And when I spoke to him as well, he was so open. So I said, you know, right, Neil, how are you doing? He's going, yeah, how are you going? I said, like, you know, he said, you've got to beat Derby today, man. You know, we have to beat them because they're like, you know, they're, they're giving it a bit large. We need to. So, oh, yeah, okay, that'd be great. I said, I said, I'll tell you something, you know, when you played Leeds that time, it was brilliant when you stood up in front of the fans with your arms outstretched. And he went, yes. After that, they gave me so much abuse for you know for you know about six months because it just kept on going on. It was really strange. I've never had that before. And I said, yeah, that's what happens with Leeds fans. Like you know, you know, they they just kind of get a, a bone and then they go with it. And then I said to him, tell you something. We're playing Leeds in a couple of weeks' time. Please, 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 please score against them. And if you do, please go up to Leeds fans and do that celebration again. And he just went. Okay, <laughs> and it was just brilliant. And the way he said, and I thought, yeah, right, he would do. It. And then when he scored and he did it, I was just laughing. So that's why when he did it this time, and there was no Leeds fans, but he went up to the Leeds fans section and did it. I was absolutely in tears, and uh, they were definitely triggered online as well. They weren't happy Ooh. at all, and we have to see whether or not he continues to do it every time. Whether he'll do it when he goes up to to Elland Road. Um, uh, towards the back end of the season but Neil Malpay you've got to love him I've got to ask a question is that the, the most iconic Brentford goal celebration ever Laney what do you reckon oh I don't, I don't know about iconic I mean yeah I mean it's great I always, always still remember Terry Evans whenever he scored with just one arm up in the air just like with one finger um, I, yeah I, I, 
there was we had we've had a couple of somersaulters as well, haven't we? A woosu, a woosu with his a woosu with his roof with his Rowan Alexander, his little skippy when he did his little little roly poly badge kissing. Yeah, badge kissing. <laughs> we've we've had a few, but oh yeah, I mean you know it's, it's a shame he's not you know it, it wasn't um, a Brentford player again scoring up at Ellen Road on the weekend in the Premier Division. But there you go. Yeah, there you go. But listen, anyway, that was absolutely too something, but. We're only talking about that because we've got no football to talk about last weekend. But I'll tell you something, what we are going to talk about, I'll tell you something, is that, you know, the one thing you do do when there's no football, you look around and you, you maybe tack back a little bit and you just chill out and you do a bit of reading, you do a bit of watching, you just see what's going on, you might do some different things. And I just thought, let me let me catch up and, and see who's been supporting us, been, been writing nice things about us, been doing things. And what I will have to say, first of all, on the Kofi front, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thank you very much for your support. We, um, Obviously, we haven't had a podcast for a couple of weeks, so we haven't had a chance to tip our hats to you. But I would like to say thank you very much, Jem, who uh, you know bought us a beer and just said, cheers, boys. And I'll say, cheers, Jem. Thank you very much. And also, Ian Drinkwater, a small gesture of thanks for me for the hours of entertainment and insight you've provided over recent years, and especially during these tough covid times you know so ian thank you ian cheers mate. thank you very much for your support as well yeah cheers mate as well robert Keane, he's always there in in and around good chat with the exiled robin which was uh cheers for that we chatted with the exiled robin the bristol city supporter and then they called the game off but it was still a good chat with him anyway he says looking forward to the match on wednesday uh which didn't happen laney was scathing about bristol yeah i think you were quite scathing i wasn't on that podcast actually Laney. I, I just left you to it didn't i rant it was a proper rant yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's right, good old rant. And Kevin Sawyer, he's always in there. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's all good. And also, we haven't asked you to, to talk to us about iTunes because we uh, we always like for you to leave a review on iTunes and we haven't really kept tabs on iTunes because we don't get a notification any time that you actually put something up on iTunes. But I was just, uh, again, time to spare, having a little little read around. I thought, oh, I've actually missed this uh, this little lovely little comment that was put up on iTunes. And if you want to, go to iTunes, give us a comment, give us a like, do whatever you want to. It just pushes it up the ranks, apparently. But Johnny Ross Tatham. And uh, I'll tell you something, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read out the whole thing, I think, because it's, it's quite long. But it's, you know, what else have we got to talk about? It's got no football to talk about. I've been meaning to write this review for a while. It's a long one. Being in lockdown up north, not being able to go to games, see my Bees mates and chat to other Bees fans on a Saturday has been tough. But this podcast has made me feel like every week I get to experience a bit of that. Listening to this podcast has been an essential part of my weekly routine since I started listening in June. Oh, he's quite a new listener. Well, thank you very much, Johnny. Well, thanks for listening. I never miss it. In fact, I've listened to it so much that I feel like I've gotten to know Billy, Laney, the Allard and the team despite having never met them. I've absorbed the podcast so much I've even started saying, listen like Billy in daily conversations, which has made my girlfriend wonder where I've picked this up, this new habit up from. <laughs> As for the content, I'm a big fan of the cool-headed, even-handed an- analysis. I even feel too worried about things if things aren't going right on the pitch. Laney always seems to add some much-needed perspective. I'm a big fan of the spreadsheet winker segment. It gives us a clear idea of where we're doing the right things on the pitch as we know football results have a way of surprising and not reflecting how teams are playing, unlike high-scoring games like basketball, which is why we love it. A bit of the old JB stats and his funk is what I love. Finally, I think the biggest reason why I love this podcast is because it promotes the right values, the values which are integral to our club. The podcast isn't exclusive, it's welcoming of all fans, whoever they are, 
and however long they might be supporting the bees, it makes you feel like any of us bees could go on the podcast, which you can do. Or maybe on the post-match podcast from the pub, which you can do, and be welcomed as one of the Bees family. Also, I love the fact that Billy and his team don't shy away from the important conversations that need to be had about issues off the pitch. I loved the episode when Billy talked about the now former FA chairman's comments on race and gender, why they were so wrong. And they have no place in our club in the 21st century. I'm proud of our club. I'm proud of our fans and the Besotted podcast. Thank you, boys. Keep it up. Come on, you Bees. So that was uh, Johnny... Ross Tatham. Well done. Blimey. Thank you very much. That was a bit of a blimey. So, listen, no football, but, you know, we've got to pat ourselves on the back and, you know, just say thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for the big ups there. But I've got to be honest with you, Laney. I mean, I've I've looked at that review and, and look, Johnny's come in and he's a lovely bloke. But he also is Johnny come lately. I mean, he's he's not been there for years, has he? He's been he's just he's just coming at the last minute, and he, he confessed it. He, he did confess it, and he talked about all the things that he loves. He loves the spreadsheet winker. He loves JB's funk. He, he loves you know the Allard. He loves the stats. He loves all our inclusivity. Yeah, no, no. And I was, see, I was thinking, I was thinking, oh, we've got it all wrong, lady. Uh, uh, we've no. got it all wrong with this podcast. It, it's just got no. too gimmicky. It's got too gimmicky. gimmicky. It is gimmicky. Mm. And yeah. I've made a decision. I hope you don't mind. I'm going to get rid of it all. It's all gone. All, all of it? All of it. Let's get rid of it all. All the gimmicks. Well, every bit of it? Oh, the gimmicks. Every bit. All the gimmicks, mate. Well, what like? Well, for a start, uh, Liberal Nick. All right. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he can go. That's yeah. right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Liberal Nick, you know, he's come on and he's posh and he talks about this and he doesn't mm. really know what he's talking about half the time. And, and we all laugh about it. But No! Gimmicks, he's got to go. No more, tra- no more, no more tractor jokes. No, no more tractor jokes. And this new liberal that's come in, has got a bit of a joke no. about him coming as well. Yeah. He, he can go as well, like you know what I'm saying. Get rid, get sack, sack him, sack him right off. Sack him off. Laney, I mean, any thoughts from you? I mean, I mean well, now, you, now you mention it, mate. The Dutchman, he's not, he's not even Dutch, is he? He's not Dutch at all, is he? No, I, mean, I mean, what a gimmick. Gimmick. We just thought, cheap laughs. Stupid nicknames. That's right, stupid Stupid nicknames, stupid guests. Stupid guests. So tell us how we're getting all these women mm. on the show as well. I mean, mm. God. gimmick. God, Jesus Christ. Political correctness gone mad. It is absolutely ridiculous. They can go. Uh, any, anyone else? Um, about JB and his... Funk. And his funk. <laughs> well, it's just just, just, just facts, isn't Fact. it? It's old, old, old rubbish, And isn't it? JB's not even really his name. We've just made it up, haven't we? And it's Funk. He doesn't probably doesn't even like funk, does he? Mm. About a winker. Oh, Jesus Christ! I was waiting for you to mention him. What? No, no, proper Noel. Oh, he's a proper Noel. Absolutely, he's got to go as well. And about exclusive interviews with like the DOFs and Benham. Matthew Benham. Benham. Benham has got. He's got <laughs> to go. Off, you know? <laughs> Rob, Robin. Robin. Our club blind. Thomas Frank. Uh, uh, Frank out. Frank right out. Yeah, he can go. That's right. He could go as well. The Allards. Geez, everyone keeps talking. We keep mentioning him. He keeps. He's been slipping in quite a lot recently. So he's got to go as well. No, I think we'll keep him. Well, I'm not sure about that. I think we should strip it right back. You know, I think. You know, I think that. that I think that'll do. Think... Back to basics. Back, back to, to basics. basics. That's right. So there. We, I think we got it all sorted now. You know, we got. Our, we want our podcast back. You know, me, lady. Buddy away, buddy away fan. Nah, get, get rid of them. Get rid of them all. Actually, well, actually, we'll have one last one on this one and then that's it. Done. Gone. Just a hatter. Yeah, just a hatter and then be done. So I feel that's it. So just, just me and you then. Tell you something, just like the old days, Laney. Tell you something, it's yeah. like you know, like proper old school, like proper football club, proper podcast, mate. None of this gimmicks nonsense, yeah, you know. So I feel a bit better after doing that. 
So come on lady, let's talk about some real stuff now. Come on then, let's do it. So that was a bit of a reaction, maybe just to how I've been feeling over the past few weeks. I just thought, tell you something, just get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. Because you're feeling a little bit angsty, a little bit anxious, feeling a little bit down, a little bit glum. And there's nothing wrong with feeling down or glum. You know, as a football fan, as a person, just whatever. Because listen, these are really dark times we're in at the moment now. And if you're feeling like that, you should definitely try and talk to somebody, whoever it may be. Reach out to us, reach out to your friends, reach out to just whoever and just talk to somebody. And like you say, you know, we were thinking about that because I was thinking, tell you something, you know, without football, it is a little bit glum. And and then Lainey, you thought, yeah, without football... For us, it is a little bit glum. And then you decided to run a poll to ask people, you know, how glum would you feel? How depressed would you feel without football? How will it affect your mental health? And you ran that poll. And and how did it go, Laney? Yeah, I I was really surprised, to be honest with you. I mean, obviously, the backdrop was that games were being pulled left, right and centre and um, teams were starting to play with weakened teams, especially in uh, the FA Cup that weekend. Derby um, fielded a team of basically juniors and they lost to Chorley pretty much because of that. Um, And it seemed that the, 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 the Covid um, noose was getting ever ever so tighter around the game itself as well as obviously you know um, in the in the general public and the you know out out, out and about and um, I just I, the thought of it, it it made me shiver a bit and I just thought oh god what happens if Brentford stops because I'm I'm pretty much in a routine of you know I'm working from home I'm, I've got, I'm busy I'm, I've, I walked 100 miles last week sorry 100 kilometres last week I started running again on, the, on, on other days as well and I'm, so I'm, I'm, I've got plenty to be doing but that's all kind of wrapped around a routine of Brentford games coming up it's, it's, it's a focus um, and I just thought without that I was gonna, I, I, I did actually kind of shiver as I said um, so I put the poll out um, and basically over, over 60% of people um, said that their mental health was going to be significantly um, uh, adversely affected so 46% said they would be adversely affected for sure their, men- their mental well-being and health would be affected for sure and then 25% said they would have a significant effect on their mental health if if if, uh, if football was pulled, um, and it, sh- it just shows you that you know although 30% said you know neither neither positive or negative effect, so that's quite a lot of people as well. But the majority of people it shows um, are kind of reliant to to some degree on football keeping them focused, keeping them sane for a want of a better word you know um, we've got you know everyone's got money issues everyone's got concerns jobs relationships all kinds of issues but football is one thing that kind of keeps us football fans on the straight and narrow in many cases so yeah I, I, I was kind of shocked to think that 25% would be significantly affected how about you Bill? I wasn't particularly surprised, no, because I think, you know, I think stark reality sort of kind of hit with people and I think it's been quite a long time and there's been a light at the end of the tunnel and I think the light, which has been at the end of the tunnel for so long for people, you know, the summer was looking at, you know, we're looking at the summer, 
and then we thought okay after the summer it's going to be the autumn and then we're looking towards Christmas and then Christmas came and then all of a sudden the rug was pulled from us I think a lot of people went oh Jesus there we go again and you're thinking where's it going to be and then I'll be honest with you I actually have got no idea when it's going to be you know they're talking about possibly February you know or March even or maybe even April and I think when that happened and also our games were called off and that is a bit of an outlet for people and when the games were called off I think a lot of especially for our crew just went I feel really bad because I actually just kind of like I just realised that I was relying so much on football I was going from like you know working you know around my kitchen table to going to bed to watching a box set you know doing this every single day to but looking forward counting down to the the game on a Saturday Mm. and when that didn't happen I think people just thought you know not not saying what else am I living for but they just realized that was a massive part of what keeps them going has been removed and um, I think it just goes to show you how important football is for a lot of people listen I know there's other things that are really important for people in and around the world I'm not denying that as well but we live in this football world and we realize that how much this kind of keeps us jumping and keeps us going and keeps us pumping I mean like you know last week we didn't do a podcast because quite frankly you know I found it I mean I found it really difficult to literally open up the computer once again rather than go down the pub um, because we haven't you know because we're not allowed to and talk about kind of something or nothing because there was no game and yeah we had some ideas in our head of what we can do when there was no game and we've got some brilliant ideas actually but the motivation had kind of gone and you just realise how difficult it is for you to keep yourself going the whole time I know a lot of people kind of hear us you know at the moment now I'm buzzing and I'm jumping and I'm like really feel like you know having a good time but to be honest with you it is really hard to do a lot of these podcasts during lockdown a lot of the time because you know I'm feeling I'm sure like a lot of other Beast fans are feeling out there who are feeling despondent and feeling lonely or feeling pissed off or feeling like Christ I'm really sick of this but you know I suppose with us you know I feel like that but then you feel like when you whip up the computer you put the microphone on and then it's not you're putting on a front you just sort of think tell you something I'm a bit of a, you know, a glass half full type person so I like to look on the positive rather than the negative a lot of people do that I'm not putting it on that's just the way that I am so I just you know I come on and I try to sort of kind of <laughs> do, the, do the do the bright side of things but it doesn't mean that I'm trying to mask the fact that it is a bit dark out there. The fact that a lot of people are going to be despondent out there. And like I said to you, if anybody is feeling despondent and unhappy and they want to talk, you know, you feel happy to talk to us. You can, you know, message us, or direct message us or email us, or whatever you have to do. Just do that because we know that everyone out there is feeling exactly the same. And no one, you know, has got a, a magic wand to, to make everyone feel happy or jolly because everyone's going through different things in their life it could be job things or mm. you know family things or you know marital things or just you know it just might be the fact that you can't get out and exercise like you used to be able to do you know and that's just actually got you down so for me I completely understand it and it's just you know how do we get through this thing together and yep the poll came out and I think it was you know it was spot on but I think it's a case of how do we kind of make everybody see a bright side of things to me you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel yeah as we know you know you may be into vaccine or not into vaccine we're not getting involved in that conversation but whether or not you are you're not into it it's happening and it's going to be happening and it's going to be getting us to the stage where we're actually going to be able to go to football 
in the short term rather than the long term so I think for me that is the positive side of things and we just have to hope with these 24 hour hospitals that are kind of like just you know which are vaccine centres which they've just started to open up and things like that I'm thinking with all things like this I think that we should feel positive and let's let's call it six weeks I think you know with six weeks we're going to have a proper light at the end of the tunnel I hope <laughs> that foresight makes you feel a little bit better anyway weirdly you say that my mum has just whatsapped me to say that my dad has got his vaccination in Walton tomorrow at 4.40 so um, yeah so that's again it's just it's becoming um, more regular and if we can get you know as, as many people vaccinated as is possible as you say in the next month six weeks there's probably a chance that you know by the time we get to the summer life could be back but you know we're seeing some proper grim numbers still bill you know it's 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 not it's not it's it's, it's actually quite close in terms of you know the amount of people that i i know that have been you know um, affected got it mates of theirs got it mums and dads have got it so uh you know it's uh it's uh, and as you said you know that poll i think it also shows how much we rely on brentford just to be there just just for that focus during our week so hopefully that's out of our way we've got our got our Brentford Covid scare gone and um, we can we can look forward to a to a run of people moan about Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday Wednesday but really you know if they can squeeze another one in during that would be quite good for me yeah yeah no no listen and, and same with me I mean I've known people who are actually very close to me mates of mine I used to run with as well who have actually died of Covid as well people actually that you might know as well Laney um, that you, you've known back in the day when you used to come to me parties you know sort of kind of 20 odd years ago as well so and again they're perfectly healthy perfectly happy characters and it's just happening and I'm not trying to put a downer on this podcast at all but what I'm trying to say to you is that when these things happen it is very real and, and when you start getting the Covid deniers and the and the, the, the mask deniers and all this lot sort of doing their thing and saying their thing and giving the 5G thing you know I just have to bite my lip because I'm just sort of thinking you know I'm not being funny but I just need to move Let's just move on because, you know, these people are not really helping because it's when somebody's sort of kind of quite close to you or somebody that you know gets affected by it. And like I said to you, this I've, I know probably about four or five people that have actually died of COVID who have been in my circle, have been in my close circle, who are not over 70 as well. You know, we're talking about younger people and also people who are still in intensive care. So it is a real thing and we need to take it very seriously. So, and that's why, part of the reason why when... When we say, listen, we've got to stay in or football's got to be off. I mean, we talked the other day about whether or not the season should be curtailed. And I just said to myself, I said, not be funny, but if it's got to be curtailed, it's got to be curtailed. Because if it's, if it's getting that bad, if it's got the stage where we can't even put matches together, and the fact is that I, even me, who kind of, I'm quite a safe person, but I'm a little bit kind of nervous when I go out to the supermarket, to all these other places, and I'm thinking tell you what I might take a couple of steps back and you know I, I you know made sure that my kids you know went to school before Christmas I, I put, took a few precautions with my my kids with school before Christmas because I, I saw it was kicking off a little bit then I was thinking what's best for the family and maybe for the people around us as opposed to what's being told so I, I made a few little precautions then because what you have to do is you do what's best for yourself as opposed to what's you know as opposed to sometimes what you're being told to do and I think that's the main thing with most people here I think most people are being very sensible in doing what they think is best for themselves yeah there's a bit of guidance out there and that might be cool but it's so all over the place you have to kind of be pretty sensible 
in your own self and say, tell you what, this is what I think needs to happen in my life. And, uh, and I think that's right. And I thought, that, I thought football, at one stage, I thought they needed to take a bit of a break for two or three weeks because I thought it was getting a, a little bit out of control. But maybe, fingers crossed, they're going to get it back in control and, and everything will be fine. And that really weighs up between this whole thing about us having football missing because we've talked about how much we miss football for just one week. If it was missing for three or four weeks, we'd miss it massively. But at the same time, I want things to be back to normal. I don't want to be sitting in front of my TV watching football. I want to be in the stadium watching football. And the quicker we can do that, the better. So if, if we have to do something to make that happen, if we have to stop watching football for a few weeks so we can make that happen quicker, I'm all for that. Absolutely. I can't wait to be round a pub doing these podcasts with our chums. Listen, we've, we've talked about it. We're not trying to bring it down, but listen, different type of podcast, and sometimes you've got to talk about these things. And like I said to you, I hope you Beast fans out there are feeling feeling up or feeling positive, feeling positive about the future. The future is looking bright, but we just need to stick with it and stick together for, for a few more weeks, maybe a few more months, and then we'll be back. We'll be back in the stands. We'll be back on the terraces. We'll be watching football, and, and life will be back to normal. You know, before we know it, it's just difficult to see it now. So listen, Beast fans stick in there and also if you are feeling down if you feel that you need someone to talk to go and talk to calm which is the campaign against living miserably calm or it's the calm zone as it is on social media go and check them out they're a very very good charity we've done lots of things with them in the past and they will definitely set you straight they'll be a very good ear for you to actually bend but anyway look talking about coming your bees we've got a game coming up we've got a game against luton coming up we are going to talk to the man who knows all about Luton. Lewis Williams, he's a vlogger, but he's going to give us the lowdown on Luton Town. Hello, my name is Lewis Williams and I'm a Luton fan. I run a YouTube channel called Lewis Williams where I talk everything Luton. Now, this, our start to the season, we won our first three league games out of the first four. A great start by us. I don't think many fans expected that. But I felt the teams we were playing on paper, I thought they were beatable. And yeah, I think the results which we got were deserved because we did put in some good performances. And I think looking back at them results now, I think we should have beaten those teams. But since then, we've been very inconsistent. Just like most mid-table championship sides, inconsistency. That's what separates you from being in the playoffs to being a mid-table side we've had so many inconsistent results you know we don't win back-to-back league games we don't lose back-to-back league games that often you know it's win draw lose win draw lose you know it's roughly like that really and it has been since the start of the season now at the back we've been a lot better and that's the major difference from last season on the Graham we just couldn't um, stop teams scoring against us but this year we've kept a lot more clean sheets the stats prove that and that all comes down to Nathan Jones really Nathan he's, since he's come back he's improved the defence massively He, well if you look at it from last year Graham didn't this wasn't Graham's team you know and the recruitment didn't really help that either and he just couldn't get the best out of these players but Nathan he signed majority of these players who are playing in our team now and he knows them quite well and he got the best out of them he got and he got them to well he got a reaction out of them you know and that's why we stayed up last year and that's why this year we've pushed on you know we're not near the relegation zone our fans don't think we're going to get relegated we're quite 
comfortable that we're not going to go down and we're putting in some really good performances this year and we are getting some surprise results like not many supporters including myself thought we would get a win at home to Norwich and an away win to Bournemouth you know so we are getting a few surprise results but we are putting in those performances in to get those results it's just we're not doing it on a consistent basis now if we can start adding that bit of consistency to our game and going forward improve a little bit because we're not the best in front of goal then we could potentially push for a playoff pace but I don't think we will so um yeah, it, it depends or not how well we do in the January transfer window. If we get, if we sort the problems in the squad now, then we maybe be able to push for it. But I think that's being a little bit too ambitious. Now, I owe this season to Nathan Jones. I think Nathan Jones, he's got the best out of these players massively. Like I've said, he's managed to get a reaction out of them and he's actually improved them quite massively. You know, Sonny Bradley... Pearson, they are twice the player which they were last year, so I'm very happy with that. And also, I think it helps having a year championship experience as well. I think that plays a massive part because a lot of our players last year they just weren't championship experienced, they didn't understand the championship, they're new to the league. Now they've had a year under their belt, I feel like they're more comfortable, they're not scared. And the players were brought in as well, having also improved the squad. Our recruitment last year, like I said, was bad. But this year, it's a lot better. Signing Dewsbury Hall has been our player of the season. He's been amazing. He will be a Premier League player next year. Championship is not his level. Technically, he's very good. He makes everything work in the midfield for Luton. And without Dewsbury Hall, I don't know where Luton would be, if I'm being honest. He literally makes everything work in that midfield. And I have a feeling he's going to do it again against Brentford. He's just an amazing player. And I do think he will be playing in the Premier League for Leicester. And if he isn't playing in the Premier League for Leicester, then he will go out on loan to another Premier League club because their fans rate him quite highly and the Luton fan base love him. So I can see him obviously going on to bigger and better things. And also the signing of Tom Lockyer from Charlton. He's been a very good addition at the back. I think he's been one of the main reasons as well why we've kept so many clean sheets this season. And Simeon Sluger as well. He had a poor start to the championship when he first arrived in England. But since then, he hasn't looked back. And under Nathan Jones, he's keeping more clean sheets. He's making more like key saves. And he's really helped us this season. Now, out of all the teams we've played so far in the championship, the one team which stands out for me is Brentford. I think Brentford was the hardest game we've played on paper. Yes, we did get beat by our rivals, Watford, but on that day, we were just poor. We were just awful. We just didn't turn up, you know, but I felt the game against Brentford, you made us work. You made us... I think you limited... Well, you limited it us to not actually attack you properly. You took your chances when, when you did, and... To be fair, I saw a great team and a team which shouldn't be at this level, a team which should get promotion to the Premier League. And by far, you have been our hardest game so far this season. Yes, Luton don't do well against certain teams who like to play defensively. So your Millwalls, your Cardiffs, your Middlesbrough, those types of teams which play that style of play. But a team which play football correctly, in my opinion, which is Brentford, we struggled massively against you guys and 
hopefully we don't struggle in this game coming up. But in this game coming up against Brentford, I do think we may have a little advantage over you guys. I think we'll be fitter. Brentford obviously have missed a few league games now due to COVID. And I reckon we could take advantage of that. We had a little COVID outbreak ourselves. And we noticed once we returned back in the game against QPR, we just did not look fit at all. And QPR looked the sharper team, despite QPR having like 120 minutes played in the FA Cup, the game before us. So it just shows you when you have a break like that, it can actually be a disadvantage. And hopefully in this game against Brentford, we show that we are a much fitter side. The sharpness is there. And hopefully that could obviously potentially open up an option for us to get a result at Brentford, which would be amazing and would be a big improvement from last year, which we all know what happened, where we lost 7-0. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen again. But the one thing which I'm very happy about is Josh De Silva, the man who scored a hat-trick against us last time, is not playing. So that is the one big positive there. However, though, Brentford do have a dangerous player with Ivan Tony, a goal scorer. You've got your Ollie Watkins replacement by him. You know, he's scoring the goals for you guys. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the top goal scorer in the championship this year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him play in the Premier League next year. He's a, a great striker and we need to make sure that he does not score again against us. My score prediction in this game, I want to say 1-1 because of how Brentford have had that long break. But I've got a feeling that you guys are going to win 2-1. I just don't think we're going to be consistent enough in getting back-to-back -back wins it'd be amazing if we can but we've got two bigger games as well coming up with Chelsea away in the FA Cup on the weekend and then Blackburn the week after so I reckon a draw would be fantastic but I have a feeling that Brentford despite me saying that Luton are going to be the fittest side will win 2-1 at home I think so yeah that is my score prediction so there we have it, Lewis Williams from Luton Town. Very, very good blogger. Go and check him out on his blogs on YouTube. You can check him out on Twitter. You can check him out. He's all over the show. And uh, Luton, <laughs> fingers crossed, are not going to be all over the show on Wednesday night because they've been doing quite well, actually, as of late. And I'm a little bit nervous about this game. I mean, Luton Town... Everyone thought they were going to go down last season and miraculously they changed their manager, they flipped the script, they saved themselves and to be quite honest with you, it wasn't even that close towards the back end of that season. Like, you know, they saved themselves, they stayed up and then this season, you know, they, they, they've done all right, man. You know, Jonesy, as he does at Stoke City, just, just wasn't the right place for him but Luton is the right type of club for him and he's obviously just doing, just doing the right things. He's just turning the right switches and or switching the right switches, turning the right knobs and, 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 and they're doing all right and I have to admit I'm a little bit nervous. I mean Luton Town, their strengths, you know, if they go ahead protecting the lead, they're very good at that but, you know, there are things that we can actually kind of work on there, you know, they're, you know, defending against attacks down the wings which is our key area as well if we can get our wing backs working on that one in the 
air they're not great so you know if we can get Ethan Pinnock up there you know if we can get you know our players up front to, to be doing you know to Ivan Tony get the ball on his head that would be good for us as well uh, and also they're not good at avoiding individual errors so if we can pick up on that in the midfield because the midfield battle is going to be the big one and defending it against through ball attacks again so these are the areas which we can actually kind of uh, kind of sort of just turn the screw on them but I'm nervous about this Luton game especially us being out for a few weeks having no you know training ground being sharp you know the players not being together a little bit nervous about that but saying that when we came back after the lockdown we seemed to do all right didn't we Laney? Yeah we did um, I, I hear what you're saying about Luton um, you know they seem to be able to kind of get very well organised in some games against um, free-flowing attacking teams uh, we saw that at Kenilworth Road last last year um, in the, you know the, 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 when they beat us 2-1 but we've we, we went to Kenilworth Road this year and we did a job on them. We, it, was a, it was a fairly comfortable 3-0 win in the end. Um, but Luton, you know, they beat Bournemouth at the weekend. 1-0 um, down at Dean Court. And they drew um, at Kenilworth Road 0-0 as well. So so they're, they're able to, they're really able to sort of knuckle down. Although Luton did lose 2-0 to QPR uh, last week. So, you know, they're, they're, they're slightly erratic. Um, I think it's one of those games where if we can score early and, and we can get ahead, we might be doing all right. I think it's, it's it, they're a kind of team there. If you if you don't if you don't break get your breakthrough, if you kind of start to struggle and, and, and you splutter, then they can take advantage. So I'm I'm hoping that we go strong, get a good start, get a lead, and then build on it rather than kind of trying to break them down and it getting second halves. 60 minutes 70 minutes 75 and we haven't got a breakthrough then I think it could it could turn a little bit aggy so yeah but being all being well we should be able to beat him still Bill it's interesting I mean Lewis there I think he was doing those psychologicals on us like you know he's turned around and he said 2-1 to Brentford Brentford going to win but you know Dewsbury Hall is uh, you know is their player of the season and that Dewsbury Hall he's some player I mean I've seen him play quite a few times as well for Luton and he looks he looks absolutely he looks fabulous he, you know and that battle in the midfield is going to it's going to be a big one they've got Rhea as well in the midfield as well who's going to he was a, he was he's very aggressive and uh, you know he might be going him and Chanel might be kicking lumps out of each other <laughs> as well you know which is, which is which should be quite interesting we also got um, Collins as well up front who scored six goals so far as well this season you know even though you know, four in the league I think and a couple in the cup you know so he's one to you know he's putting the ball in the back of the net so you know we need to look out for for this team but when we went up to Luton to be fair also we did do a, a proper job on them didn't we the, the 3-0 I think it was wasn't it Laney? Yeah it, it was 3-0 Rico got uh, got the first goal a bit of a bit of a deflection on it but it was a great shot Ivan Tony scored and Marcus Force got the last one the other thing I will say is Luton have got a, uh, an FA Cup trip to Stamford Bridge on, on Sunday playing Chelsea I'm not saying they're going to be distracted but it, it might be in one or two of their minds that they don't really want to miss that game so uh, you know it's, it's 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 a game where we have to get maximum points though from because you know we've had two games off we've got those two games in the bank as it were um, but we need to catch up you know we were we were sort of second after beating Bournemouth a couple of weeks back and uh, we, we've, we've slipped back but you know it's 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 all within our all within our grasp. It's a couple of results have gone our way, basically. You know, obviously Bournemouth dropping points last Saturday. So, yeah, it, it will be great to get three points uh, under our belts, definitely. 
it will and just looking at the team because obviously like I said you'll be pretty much off for, for, for a couple of weeks or you know we've been off since the Bournemouth game really I suppose because we had the Bournemouth game which we were in effect our first team then we played the FA Cup which we played a second string team in the FA Cup um, we were uh, Bristol City game we were off sorry then we had the, the, the FA Cup game which we were a second string team and then we've had two games at off we, we had top, don't forget we had top, we had Tottenham as well Oh, we had the Tottenham game as well, which was again, which was I can't even remember when the Tottenham. I mean, there's so many games, it's all over the place. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we had the Tottenham game as well, which was a first string team for that as well. But so, but you know, having a couple of games off now, but you know, again, we're presuming that everybody is back, you know, and going to be going to be fit and well um, post this COVID scenario. I mean, what team are you looking at? You know, I mean, obviously we're looking at um, going as strong as we possibly can. You know, but I mean, I mean, what you what you what you saying? Because we need to, you know, we need to go for it. And I know we like this rotation thing, but don't forget we have got an FA Cup game against Swansea. No, 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 the Swansea game's gone, so we've got a Leicester FA Cup game on the Saturday. But the thoughts here are that we're going to be playing very much a second string team in that FA Cup game, which will allow us to go strong against Luton. Don't you think, Maney? Yeah, I, I don't see um, I, I don't see the, 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 there being any changes from the Tottenham match um, as, as far as I can see. Um, I think uh, Pontus is out in operation, so he he won't be playing. Um, that's that's common knowledge, isn't it? Other than De Silva, of course, who is uh, is suspended. Oh, suspended. Yeah, of course, that's a, that's a good one. Um, yeah, so that's the kind of one position I'm I'm sort of like wondering who he's going to play in there, but. I, I don't. I don't think you know. We, we need to sort of over over worry about that position. I think Marcondes can come in, um, and you know, uh, I think Godos. Um, I'm not saying they're like for like. We can we can might be able to switch around that that midfield and have Canos on the right, or you know, come in a little bit further. But you know, I, I, yeah. I, we we haven't got any worries, Bill. Yep. <laughs> Laney's confidence. So with your confidence, Laney, you need to give. Me a score prediction, please. Three one Brentford. Oh, we've got three one Brentford. We've got two one Brentford in the Luton cap with Lewis and myself. I'm going to go two nil to the mighty mighty bees. So there you go. So listen, this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for supporting, everybody. Thanks for the reviews, everybody. Go to iTunes, give us reviews. Go to Kofi, buy us a beer. Do all those things. Do whatever you need to do. Listen, it's all good. And if you're feeling really down, like I said to you, go to Calm. Go to the Calm line. When is the Calm line open, by the way, Lainey? Uh, Calm line's open 5pm till midnight uh, every night of the week, I believe. Absolutely, every night of the week. So check that out. Definitely Calm. Go to the Calm um, the calm Zone on, on social media. Just go to Calm. Just just Google it and you will find it as well. But other than that, like I said to you, I'm Billy Grant. I feel a lot better, actually, kind of after ridding ourselves from, from all, the, all, all, all the faff, you know, sort of all the gimmicks from this podcast. This is back to real podcasting, real football. We, we want our podcast back, as we say. So anyway, this has been good. Well, hopefully, Wednesday night, we can have a game. We can have a fantastic game. We can get three points against Luton and we'll be back on track as we say, Laney, as they say... Uh, uh, well, before you say that, we, we might have another podcast later in the week with some of our gimmicky chums back. We'll talk about that <laughs> afterwards. We'll see, because I'm, I'm feeling so much better not having them on All this right. podcast now. Let's just see how it goes. All right. But anyway, let's see how we get three points or not on Wednesday, and then we'll make a decision, shall we? Done. As we say... Come, come on, you bees!
days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.